I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hold on, hold on. What? Our day is not over just yet. Woohoo! USA! USA! We have an action-packed hour for you 6 p.m. drivers. Would I rather be feared or loved? Easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Matt Scraby wraps up a full day of live and local sports talk. And that is the whole problem with aliens. You just can't trust them. Occasionally you meet a nice one, but usually they turn out to be some kind of big lizard. The Scraby Show starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Hello and welcome to the Scraby Show. Thanks everyone for sticking around and joining me for the next hour or so. We actually do have some news to talk about tonight, so that's fun. Because uh, the last couple nights we haven't really had any news to talk about. But we got a couple things that we can dig our teeth into. And... I would like to say hello to everybody on the chat right now in the YouTube. I keep saying in the YouTube like I'm Chris, but if you want to go and watch the show, be a part of the Scraby Show chat community, you can. You just go to YouTube and type in 973thefan. I'm also on Twitch, 973thefan, and X, 973thefansd, and Facebook. 97.3 The fans. so appreciate everyone. Welsh Fryer said, let's go. I stayed up until 2 a.m. for this. I got to say, Welsh Fryer is 100% a dedicated Padres fan all the way over there in Europe. So thank you to Welsh Fryer for being here. Thank you to NY Mike 8, the Cactus Man, Dan Diesel, Maria, uh, Anthony. I'm sure I'm missing someone, but thanks, everybody, for being there. All right. We have one of the coldest studios in the history of radio studios, I have to say. And so if you have ever watched the the camera or the, the YouTube show and you've seen all of us in sweatshirts or cold gear, basically, for some reason, some reason, I don't know why, but the studio is about 25 degrees colder than the hallway is. And that's during the winter. I'm not sure why it changes, but it does change because all of these thermostats that we have around here, I have never in the six years that I've worked here been able to figure out how to get that thing to work because during the winter, it's freezing in here. And during the summer, it is so hot. It's insane how hot it can be here in the summer. But you would think, I mean, we get air conditioning pumped into this room we know it works because we've been freezing our patooties off during the winter and so right now i have my hands in my pockets i'm all kind of like i'm all kind of like bundled up but i mean the rain doesn't help things either the rain makes things cold i was a little when i left the house this morning i was a little tired and i have to say the rain was the one that did it so hopefully everybody's okay out there this doesn't seem like this rainstorm was As big as last week's rainstorm, the one that I almost got swept away in because I decided to ford a river like I was in the Oregon Trail. 
I'm sure that many people out there uh, remember the Oregon Trail, I guess it was, computer game. The computer game is one of the classics, and you can find it online if you type in Oregon Trail, um, play Oregon Trail. You'll be able to find it. Trust me, I've done it recently. But you know how you ford a river and then your 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 wagon falls over? Well, that's what I almost did last week. My my wagon, my vehicle almost got swept away. But today, not as bad. So I'm hoping that things are a little bit more calm out there for everybody. If you have any comments or questions, 833-288-0973. We could talk Padres. We could talk the NFL. We could talk 49ers. We could talk the rain. Anything you really want tonight. Because uh, it's just going to be one of those relaxing, rainy Thursday nights in. I don't think it's raining anymore. So if if it is, you can let me know. It's time to get caught up on the latest with the news of the day. All right. First news story of the day is going to be the Milwaukee Milwaukee Brewers decided they are going to trade Corbin Burns, their pitcher, their star pitcher, Corbin Burns, as you know. You know, there's one thing. We're going to talk about another news story here in news of the day that involves the Brewers and involves a different pitcher from the Brewers. But it's it seems like the Brewers don't really treat their pitching right because Corbin Burns, if you don't remember, last year before the season, he had some arbitration and they did not give him what he thought he wanted or was going to get from the team. And he was quite upset about it. And I know other pitchers have been upset in the past, but Corbin Burns is on a one-year deal right now. So the Orioles are only going to get him for this year, but the... Uh, Orioles are sending back shortstop Joey Ortiz and left-hander D.L. Hall. They are going to be going back to the Milwaukee Brewers. Also a conditional pick, uh, or I'm sorry, a 34th pick in the 2024 draft. So there is a lot of value right there uh, for the, the, let's see, um, yes, the Orioles, or the Brewers, I'm sorry. There is a lot of value for the Brewers because they are actually going to get that 34th overall pick in the 2024 draft. So we did not know that earlier when Chris, Tony, and I were talking about it and we were kind of questioning the trade itself. But I think it I think it makes sense. Definitely makes sense from the Orioles side because they are a team that won over 100 games last year. They made the playoffs, and I think they were pretty disappointed to not win any games in the playoffs. But they're a team that's built to go to the playoffs this year and possibly contend for a World Series title. So it makes sense that Corbin Burns would be a, an attractive pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. But if you look at what Milwaukee receives, they, they've they done this in the past. They've done stuff like this in the past where they have moved bigger-name players for smaller packages. And Joey Ortiz is actually the 63rd-ranked prospect in major league baseball so in the top 100 he is number 63 deal hall the left-hander is not in the top 100 but i don't really think this is as bad of a deal for the brewers as people are saying especially since i don't think that they were going to be able to bring corbin burns back to milwaukee uh there's already some you know Hard, there's already some relationships that have been frayed there, like I just said. So I don't know that Corbin Burns was wanting to return to Milwaukee. And the Bru- or the uh, Orioles are just going to go for it. So I think that's a pretty good move for the Baltimore Orioles to rent Corbin Burns for one season. 
And maybe, who knows, Corbin Burns might resign with them or extend himself or maybe not extend himself, but sign a contract long-term with the Orioles. Now, the second news story today is actually one about Josh Hader. Now, Josh Hader, as we all know with the Padres, we did not see Josh Hader pitch multiple innings, but he was interviewed uh, the other day by MLB Network, and Josh Hader kind of admitted or at least alluded to what we've been thinking this entire time. And Josh Hader basically in um, in a condensed form, during his interview, he talked about the traditional closers role being where the value value is for receivers or re- receivers, relievers. And I think that we all know that there was some sort of issue that happened with the Brewers in his 2020 arbitration um, year. And what I've heard, and I can't confirm this, obviously, is that the Brewers told him, hey, if you do everything right, if you if you help us win, then we're going to reward you in arbitration. And then in arbitration, it ended up that Josh Hader was it the um, lack of saves and the lack of uh, you know, save opportunities because the Brewers didn't use Josh Hader like that was used against him. So he kind of decided that he was not going to trust another organization with his future. And I understand that. I understand why Josh Hader would not want to give back to an organization after he's already been wronged by one organization. But here's the exact numbers he had with the Brewers. He requested $6.4 million in 2020. The Brewers countered with $4.1 million. The arbiter ruled in Milwaukee's uh, favor because of the different things that they did with him and had him pitch in different places. So, long story short, Josh Hader did allude to the fact that things were are going to be different with the Astros. Things are, he's going to be more available for the Astros. And I know that I, I, I know that there are fans out there that are very angry about this. And I can understand to a certain extent, I understand why Josh Hader wouldn't want to, I understand why Josh Hader would not want to trust another organization again. It's hard to trust another organization who tells you one thing and then uses it against you a little bit later in your career. And so that is his that is his choice. His choice to want to uh, kind of dictate how his usage goes. And the one thing that bothers me about this is that it goes against, to me, it goes against everything about being a teammate. And it's different. It's different when you're at the professional level because Josh Hader needs to make his money now because he's not, you know, going to be pitching forever. But it is a huge, 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 huge um, benefit for the Astros to be able to use Josh Hader wherever they want him, and maybe some multi-inning outings. Uh, During his first three years in the major leagues, he made 80 multi-inning relief appearances. But since the 2020 season, he's only on one occasion pitched more than one inning. So the Astros are going to get to use Josh Hader a lot different than what the Padres got to use. Now, again, with the the whole being a teammate thing, I, I, I can't really comment on the clubhouse. But I can say that I think it would maybe rub me the wrong way if I was someone on that team. Like, all right, I get it. Yeah. You got hosed one time by a team, but we're on a different team now, and we're together, and we're trying to win a World Series, so 
be with us, not against us. I can understand that. It's just, it's something that I think I was kind of surprised to to read this morning because I didn't think we would ever really find out. But there were, and, and Josh Hader didn't necessarily say that to a T, but he did allude to the fact that there wasn't uh, a reason as to why he didn't make m- more than one inning appearances while he was with the Padres. If you would like to go and uh, watch that MLB Network interview just to kind of get the whole thing, you can. Um, it's it's going to be on at MLB Network, and you'll see Josh Hader's faces there. All right. The third and final news story of the day would be something we talked about in the 5 o'clock hour, Gwen and Chris. The Major League Baseball top 10 third baseman list. And the reason this made the news, because I was incredibly shocked to see where Manny Machado ranked on the list compared to where Nolan Arenado ranked on the list. Just because Arenado has always ranked higher than Manny on the list. Always. It doesn't matter what kind of list it is. Nolan Arenado always ranks higher. But in this list, according to MLB Network, Manny Machado ranks number three, and Nolan Arenado ranks number seven on the list, which is a huge difference. And we really don't even know why the ranking is so different from what it really has ever been, because it's not like Nolan Arenado is... A terrible baseball player now. Out of the four lists that they put, Nolan Arenado finished lower than Manny Machado in every single list. So maybe these baseball people know something that I don't, but I would have thought if Manny, I mean, I'm certainly okay with Manny being above Nolan Arenado. We know what he can do when Manny's healthy, but seeing him so far up, it's like, what do I not know about Nolan Arnado and what do I not know about what's going to happen this year? Because it seems like the people at MLB Network are very down on him. In fact, three of the four lists have Nolan Arnado at number seven. And the fourth list, Sarah Lang's list, has Nolan Arnado at number 10. So people are expecting big things from Manny this year. And once he gets back from injury and once he's ready to go, I think we're definitely going to have... Uh, we're going to have a motivated and MVP type year for Manny Machado. That's just me throwing it out into the universe. So that is the news of the day. Again, if you want to talk about the Padres, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Make sure you uh, are driving safely out there and all that good stuff. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to tell you to drive safe while it's raining outside or drizzling outside. But when we get back, we'll take some phone calls. I see some of them coming in, so stick right there. I'm Matt Scraby. This is The Scraby Show on 97.3 The Fan. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So if you see me in the camera banging my head around, that's why. Because I love it. I uh, I don't listen to much music, but I love the type of, um, I guess, just for a popular band, Slipknot. I love stuff like that. And uh, I know we have a, a band out there, Disturbed. They, not Disturbed, their song is Disturbed. But they are listeners, and we have their song in our rotation. 
when we rejoin shows. I'll point it out next time it happens on the Scravy Show. Thanks for joining me here on a rainy Thursday night on 97.3 The Fan. If you would like to uh, join the show, you can 833-288-0973. You could also go and watch on YouTube, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, Diesel asked if I like corn. Of course I like corn. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 years old this year. And so my my high school days were filled with corn, Limp Bizkit, Lincoln Park, and those types of bands. Those were all the ones that are out, and I love them. I still listen to them, honestly. I'm like the guy who doesn't listen to new music anymore. I just listen to all the old music that I used to like or still like type of thing. Uh, we have some phone calls, and we'll get to those in just a second. But first, I wanted to start with this little side story, and it's about the Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with the game itself, and it's about a new, I guess, TV companies or CBS, Fox, NBC, the ones that host the Super Bowl, are trying to get us new uh, camera angles every single year. We have so many camera angles at the Super Bowl, which is great because then you can actually look at a replay and know exactly what's happening from from many different angles. You don't have that one play that's like, oh, we don't have a good angle for this, so we're going to have to keep it the way it was. But CBS is going to debut something called Doink Cameras, and it sounds dirty. It's not. But if you remember, when the Bears kicker, man, why can't I remember his name right now? There was a Bears kicker about four years ago who he hit the upright and then it went and hit the other upright. And I think Chris Collinsworth called it the double doink. Um, And so that's why they call it the doink camera. The process for putting these cameras in the upright started right after last year's Super Bowl. They had to actually draw up plans and they had to submit it to the NFL to prove to the league the integrity of the goalposts were not going to be affected but there are six cameras that are in the uprights so I'm assuming three on each upright and so at some point we may be watching football from the upright double doink I mean CBS has to has to has to want someone to hit the the upright i don't think it's gonna happen but you never know obviously it's just a weird look if you go tight if you go look at this doink camera on the upright itself it just has a couple windows in the upright which is where the cameras are located so kind of kind of interesting i appreciate that they're thinking outside the box a little bit i really love that they now have the a first down marker cam where it it's from the side view of the field and you can see exactly what's happening at the goal line or exactly what's happening at the yard to the, the line that you need to get to, to get a first down. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Cody Parkey. Thank you. M McKee. That is exactly who I was thinking. Cody Parkey was the one. Uh, we also have, <laughs> do not search double doink in your, your Google search. Please don't. Um, Trevor said something nice in the chat. Scraby, that SD fat loss looks good on you. Thank you. I feel the same way. That's why I'm continuing to eat like SD fat loss taught me because I'm going to continue to lose weight. 
All right, here we go to the phones, and one of our, our great chatters in the YouTube chat, Noah, and then we have Kathy. But Noah has an interesting perspective on what he's seeing with uh, what the Padres did with Juan Soto. So, Noah, thank you for being a part of the chat. Thank you for calling in. And you have – you're a Yankees fan, you said. But you had an interesting perspective on Juan Soto because of – you know, your familiarity with the guys that came to San Diego. So tell everyone what you told me in the break. So I think hands down, it's a very good trade for both teams because one, Michael King, like I said, an amazing pitcher. He's going to do a great job of placing Josh Hader. And secondly, Juan Soto was an amazing fit for the Yankees because we struggled tremendously with getting people on base in front of Aaron judge. Mm. Now Juan Soto might last year, like I said, might not have been someone that was putting the bat on the ball, but he walks a whole bunch, and that's all we need for somebody to get on base in front of Aaron Judge for him to hit him home. See, I love I love that because it does work out for both sides. And and you like uh, Michael King, you were telling me, as you just said, but like Brito and Vasquez and Drew Thorpe were, were guys that you didn't want to see go either. I mean, I didn't really mind um, Brito because he was a hit or miss guy. I mean, you got to look back, and I believe it was April, first inning, gave up seven runs to the Twins. Okay. He's a he's gonna oh, be a yes, really big yes. hitter and miss guy, but when he's when he's on his thing, he's a he's gonna be a great pitcher. Drew Thorpe, great prospect. But one other key guy that's really slept on it was Kyle Higashioka. Okay. Um amazing rotate rotation catcher. You'll even see back I wanna say twenty twenty two, Garrett Cole was even saying he was preferring him over the likes of like Gary Sanchez hmm. or um I'm drawing a blank on the other catcher's name. Um, John really blank. Yeah, it's okay though. We we understand. We understand. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, Caracol was saying he preferred him just because of the way he plays. So you're getting a great another utility catcher, which I'm sorry, but the Padres have struggled with yeah. a good consistent catcher. Yeah. I so agree. I think that was a great trade for you guys, but also a great trade for the Yankees because, like I said, we're and I mean, center fielder Trent Grisham. Uh, uh, that's all you I really kind of had to take him because you also get Juan Soto, so. Yeah, but, you know, that, that one you guys really weren't too upset about losing. No, Not but. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the phone call, Noah. Appreciate it. And thank you for being a part of the chat, as I said. If you want to join the Scraby Show community chat, go to YouTube 973 The Fan. Um, I, I, I think, I think you meant um, when you said King for Hater. I don't think you meant King, but anyway, King is going to be great to replace Blake Snell into the rotation because uh, we need the Padres need that, and uh, I like the whole thing with Trent Grisham is 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 it's unfortunate because I do think that he had value and obviously his value was defensively. And I, I do think that he can hit, but for whatever reason, he just didn't hit with the Padres. I mean, he showed that he had some power uh, before the last couple years. And when he came over from the Brewers, it was, it, it wasn't as bad as it last. It was for the last two years. It, it was not. And so Trent Grisham, I actually am cheering for the guy. I hope that he turns it around and I hope that he's able to at least hit 230, 240. But the what he did with the Padres was was not what they needed at the time. It was something that was hurting them and the one thing I will say for the rest of time is that Trent Grisham single-handedly powered the Padres through the postseason. 
in 2022. And I know that some say, oh, well, who cares? Who cares? Trent Grisham was amazing in that playoff run. And if Trent Grisham doesn't produce like he did in that playoff run, we're not talking about the NLCS. We're not talking about the Padres beating the Dodgers, in my opinion. So it's it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword with Trent Grisham. You knew, you knew that it wasn't probably going to work out for him at the plate when he came up, but at the same time, his playoff run, it was – what he did helped the Padres so much that you can't really – gloss over that if it was like one game okay he won one game he hit a walk-off home run I can understand glossing over that but it was two series of the playoffs that he was the MVP of I mean maybe half MVP of the Dodgers series but definitely the Mets series he was the MVP of the Mets series for sure because he got them started with the home run he had some huge hits and that's enough about Trent Grisham he doesn't play here so I am going to uh, leave Trent Grisham right there. Dominic says, Trent Grisham proved the point. Just get in the playoffs. Anything can happen. There you go. There you go. All right. Kathy is on the phone, so let's go to Kathy. Hello, Kathy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Gravy. Um, Listening to people worry about, oh, you know, how how bad the Padres are going to be this year. Just you know, some, yeah, we need some players. I get that, but are they forgetting who we still have on the team? I know they can't do everything, and Pat Peace can't cover the whole outfield by himself. But I, I'm not going to believe it's as good as everybody's making it out to be. I mean, last year everybody thought, "Hey, we're going to go to the World Series." We didn't. So it's baseball. You never know what the heck's going to happen. Did anybody expect that the Diamondbacks were going to go to the World Series? No. Yeah. But, yeah. I, and the call, yeah, go ahead. The callers yesterday were talking about, you know, just get the person on and get him over. That's how the Royals won the World Series in 2015. It wasn't through home runs and all that stuff. It was the, their philosophy was get him on, get him over, get him in. And that's what they did. And that's how they won. It can work, and thank you, Kathy, for the phone call as always. It, it can definitely work because um, we're, it has to be the main philosophy of the team. And I, I don't necessarily know that the Padres last season or even this upcoming season have that team built around being able to just uh, move the line and get guys on base and then move them over. Um, that's, I, I do think it, I do think it works though. It's been proven to work, but again, I think it has to have everyone buying in and I'm not quite sure everyone last year was buying in on just moving the line and, uh, getting guys on base and, and getting guys over and getting guys in. I, I don't know. Um, and I'm not saying anybody was like trying to sabotage the team or anything like that, but I'm just not thinking with the at-bats that we saw last year, it didn't seem like contact or you know uh it it didn't seem like each hitter was working within the lineup it seemed like each hitter was working for themselves and i'm not saying that they were being selfish but i don't think people can disagree with me about that And, and certain teams can do that last year just didn't work if it worked we're not talking about this right now and to go back to kathy's point about how uh people are forgetting who else is on the team Yes, people are, and I'm included in that uh, because 
of the outfield situation with only Tatis and Azokar. But yes, AJ Preller is going to have that taken care of uh, by by the start of the season. But I I just really think that we need to see these players on the field to kind of remember what this team's got. Manny Machado, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts, Jake Cronenworth, Hassan Kim. We got guys on the team already. And that's primarily why they have so much. Uh, that's why their payroll's so high, but they haven't spent anything because they have these great players on the team. So it is hard for me to remember at times that this team has great players already. But once those games start in spring training and once the season starts, I think everybody's going to kind of forget about what we have or what we had and focus on what we have. So there's my life advice. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Scraby Show here on 97.3 The Fan. Did you know you can listen to 97.3 The Fan with your smart speaker? Ask your device to play 97.3 The Fan to give it a shot. When we get back, there is an all-MLB free agent team with the remaining players. I'll tell you who's on that list, and we'll also have the Daily Gripe here on 97.3 The Fan. Matt Scraby, back with you here. Final segment of the Scraby Show. It always goes so always goes so quick. Appreciate all the conversation online today. And I'm hoping that everybody is uh, doing well with all the rain out there. Yeah, I already talked about it, but I really am in my older age. I'm starting to maybe feel a little bit more of a community-oriented person in the way of, I hope people's communities don't get rain or washed away, something like that. All right, I'll stop that now. If you want to follow me on social media, you can, at Matt Scraby. I tweet out and uh, or X out just uh, dumb thoughts here and there. And if you've listened to The Scraby Show or Gwen and Chris at any point, you kind of know what you're going to get from the Scraby Twitter, at Matt Scraby. All right. Before the break, I said there was an all-MLB free agency team put out by MLB Network today. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is to not not really, like, say, oh, these are the guys that the Padres should be getting. But just to kind of reiterate that free agency has been slow for everyone. It's not just the Padres. It's it's a lot of teams, and there are a lot of players out there right now that are still waiting to be picked up by a team. And I am kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm still, we've been trying to figure this out for weeks now, but I'm not sure why some of these guys don't have a team. I kind of think Blake Snell may be holding out for too much money. I don't know. I don't know what he wants, but I kind of feel like he wants too much. Cody Bellinger, maybe the same. He wants a little bit too much, but I haven't really heard anything out of the Cody Bellinger camp and what he what he wants and without it being a report or a rumor. And it is kind of surprising that Cody Bellinger's out there, but it's not at the same time. He had a good year last year, a really good year last year. He kind of found his form again, but he had some really bad years in between and between his uh, good, his MVP type year with the Dodgers 
And then he had some bad years leading up to last season. So I think teams are a little bit nervous about that. I think they don't really know what they're going to get from Cody Bellinger, so they're not willing to invest a ton of money. But it's it makes sense to me that if he's trying for a big old contract and teams are kind of unsure that no one's jumping for it. But here here it goes. Here is the uh, all-MLB free agency team that I found this morning. And in left field, we talked about him earlier this week, Jorge Soler. He is still out there. He's probably going to be too pricey for the Padres. Just saying. Center field is Cody Bellinger. Don't think he's coming to the Padres. Right field, Adam Duvall. We already have a right, right fielder. His name's Fernando Tatis Jr., so we do not need him. Now, if you go to catcher, the according to MLB, the best remaining free agent catcher is Gary Sanchez. Now, Gary Sanchez is an interesting one because the Padres already have a catcher situation happening or uh, filled right now with Higashioka, with um, Luis Camposano. And if we look at Gary Sanchez and what, he did for the Padres last year. I mean, without Gary Sanchez, they're not winning some of those games. They aren't going to have the record that they had. But if we look at his market value, as you know by now, I love looking at the market value. His market value, according to Track, is three years and $27 million, which is $9.1 million a year. If I go and look at what Luis Camposano is making, and yes, I'm going to bring up the price of everyone a lot because it's it's something that is what the Padres are doing. They're, they're, they're paying attention to every single dollar that they spend. But in 2023, Luis Camposano made $722,000 which is way lower than the the 9.1 that um, Gary Sanchez is scheduled to make, according to Track. Now, if you look at Kyle Higashioka, I'm assuming that he is also uh, on the lower end of pay because this upcoming year, he's a $2.18 million salary. Now, if you combine those two, and let's just say for the heck of it, Campisano's making a million dollars. So you have two catchers that you feel good about, $3.18 million for both of them. And so that is why I believe they're not signing Gary Sanchez. And Gary Sanchez might, he might be in the same uh, conversation as what is he going to do going forward? Because when Gary Sanchez came to the Padres, he had already been dumped by a couple teams. And so it wasn't like he was this hugely um, sought after catcher, there were plenty of teams that had an opportunity to bring Gary Sanchez in, but they didn't. The Padres did, and they were rewarded for bringing him in. But are you willing to pay him $27 million? Are you? I'm not. I'm not willing to pay him $27 million for three years because we don't really know what's going to happen three years from now. Uh, and you can have those two catchers on your team already for $3.18 million. So I think that is why the Padres have not gone back to Gary Sanchez. Now, I think Gary Sanchez would love to come play for the Padres, but for the right price, the Padres will bring him back. Uh, DH of the all-remaining free agent team, J.D. Martinez, another guy that we talked about in this show. Again, he's probably too expensive, and he's probably a little um, older than – he's probably a little bit older than you would – 
want to bring in for DH and pay $15 million a year. Then you have, um, at first base, you have Brandon Belt. We've talked plenty about him, and thank you to Russell Dorsey, MLB Insider, for confirming on the show that Brandon Belt would be a good fit for the Padres. So we'll have to keep an eye on that because Brandon Belt is not going to make as much money as he once did, and it fits with the Padres. Whit Merrifield's the second base all-free agent team, and uh, the Padres already have an infield, so they don't really need any of these infielders. Tim Anderson, shortstop. Matt Chapman at third base. And then you have Blake Snell as the pitcher remaining. Uh, and the final player that I am looking for is um, Jacob Junis. I think it's Junis. It's not Eunice. I think it's Junis. But Jacob Junis is the final one. And all of those guys are... Uh, all of those guys are going to find a team this year, but I would think that most of these guys are not going to end up getting what they originally wanted just because of where we are in the baseball year and where we are with the free agent market so far. And it's going to be interesting here when teams start reporting to see where these guys go. And if they're one year deals, if they're two year deals, three year deals, I, I wouldn't I would expect to see a lot of different types of deals that these guys maybe didn't really want to have or be forced to take when they started the offseason free agent process. So those are the, the those are the all remaining free agent team from MLB. And if you want to go check that out, go to MLB.com. Uh all right, another news story that we talked about earlier, Sunday night baseball. They announced May 19th, the Padres at the Braves. They're going to uh, be on Sunday Night Baseball for that, which is like kind of exactly what happened last year. I can't remember. I think it was really early in the year that the Padres went and and played Atlanta on Sunday Night Baseball. I think even Nelson Cruz had like six RBIs or seven RBIs. I think he had two home runs. I know he had at least one home run, but the Padres won that game. And things were good at the time, but as we all know, the season went the way it did. But they'll be playing Sunday Night Baseball May 19th. The, we also uh, talked about FanFest. FanFest is going to be – the, the Padres announced it today. FanFest is from Mar- on March 24th from 1230 to 530. And there's going to be scheduled appearances by Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogart, Joe Musgrove, Yu Darvish, Mike Schilt, and more. Padres members will receive entry at 12 p.m., but – if you would like for if you would like to go on Sunday March 24th you should. Last year was a ton of fun and if you're kind of hesitant about going just know that there is there are a ton of Padres fans that are there to to um I guess intermingle together and I saw it all last year. It was a crazy scene last year. It was when I showed up I had to take the trolley cuz I went downtown to park and I could not find parking even within a mile. So I ended up going to a trolley station near um, Fashion Valley and then taking the trolley from there to Petco Park. I might even do that this year. But they have extended the hours. So five hours of fun on Sunday, March 24th. The ESPN Plus. This is what I wanted to finish out with here. ESPN Plus, And then the Daily Gripe. Don't worry. ESPN Plus put out some predictions earlier and it was and Kylie McDaniel making some predictions and Alden Gonzalez actually made a pretty bold prediction. He is saying that Ethan Salas, the number nine prospect in baseball 
is going to get a taste of the big leagues as an 18-year-old. Currently, he's with uh, Class A, or no, I'm sorry, he's with Double A. But he has already shown that he can play baseball. And he's a catcher at the age of 17 that is already doing things that catchers at the age of 25 can't do. But Alton Gonzalez says that he's going to perform well enough in the minor leagues to earn a September call-up as an 18-year-old, but not necessarily to contribute. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It... It was more like uh, Ethan Solace. If he comes up, it's it was in the realm of yes, he needs to be learning instead of being instead of playing because you don't want to ruin his confidence. But that's what Alden Gonzalez is saying here. Alden Gonzalez is saying that he's going to come up to learn, and he's going to have a good opportunity to learn from a great catching core as long as they're still, you know, going at it. In September, Higashioka and Campisano, he's going to be able to take in that big league life and kind of just settle into that big league life. I would love to see Ethan Salas um, make his major league debut as an 18-year-old in September. That would be great. That would be really a ticket that I would buy. I want to see that. Maybe if he was playing. If he's in the lineup, I'm buying that ticket. There. I'm not going to go if he's not playing. The other prediction, Kylie McDaniel of ESPN said that Jackson Merrill is going to play in the big leagues before the all-star break. So he is, they're, they're predicting, well, Kylie McDaniel likes to make comps. And so his comp for Jackson Merrill is Ozzy Albies. But Jackson Merrill is a lot bigger than Ozzy Albies. Albies is listed five foot eight, 165 pounds. Merrill is supposedly... I mean, I believe it. Six foot three, 205 pounds. But he can hit, and he had a. Tw- um, they're saying that in the major leagues, he could have a 20 plus home run and double digit stolen base upside with a good enough glove to basically play anywhere on the field. And I think it's going to be long overdue for Jackson Merrill to um, be elevated to the major league level because we've heard about him each and every year. And. He wasn't ready the last couple of years, but there's only there's been a lot of smoke around Jackson Merrill. So why don't you bring him up before he catches fire in the minor leagues? Let him debut. Let him tear the cover off the ball. Let him do a bunch of great stuff and build his confidence. Jackson Merrill is someone we've been talking about for a really, really long time. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. Javier on the chat says, I'm dropping $10,000 on the Super Bowl over. 47.5 is way too low. Do you like it, Scraby? Number one, Javier, no. I am not a fan of you dropping $10,000 on anything Super Bowl related. Do not do that. I'm just saying, don't do that. Uh, I... I I can't, I can't tell if you're actually being serious or not, but $10,000 on the over makes me nervous just even thinking about it. That's something that I'm not even capable of thinking. Oh, is Javier is a... What? Some people are telling me that Javier is an AI bot, but they it said my name. Is that true? An AI bot in the chat? That's crazy. I need to learn about this because I am uh, really stunned by this. I've put some messages up there before and possibly it was a bot. Anyway, 
we'll we'll figure that out going forward. But it is that time in the show. What's annoying Scraby today? Let's find out. It's time for the Daily Gripe. Sorry, I've been all over the place today. Kind of had one of my ADD days. So I've been trying to keep it together for this show. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, Open AI is in the chat, apparently. I don't know what's going on. This is all wild to me. I got to do some research tonight on this AI thing because... That would be wild that someone came into the chat and said, I'm going to bet 10K on the over in the Super Bowl. Do you like that scraby? Anyway, wow. Okay. Um, the daily gripe today is one that Tony and Chris got me fired up for um, before the show. I walk by. I, we, we've said this on the show before. I walk by the sink. And the sink is full of dishes and disgusting dishes and dishes that have not been washed or even looked at in days. And I am pleading with my coworkers, pleading with my coworkers that if you use a dish, please, please wash it or at least put it into the dishwasher because I would say every maybe month, the, di- the 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 sink is so full of dishes that you can't put any more in there. And then someone does it, and there's all these dishes again. I don't get it. I'm not the one doing it. Chris is not doing it. Tony's not doing it. And I am over it. We are not in a fraternity. We are at work. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening to my daily gripe. We're at Cathedral Catholic tomorrow, so if you want to, come by and say hi as long as you are not bothering the school. But we'll be there at 2 p.m., Tony and I, talking with you tomorrow, and then the Scraby Show from Cathedral. All of that tomorrow, 97.3 The Fan. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.